0: Welcome to In The Zone, your mental strength and endurance sports podcast with Micah, a sports psychologist, and myself, Thierry, endurance sports coach. Today, we're going to talk about a few things. First, we're going to just introduce ourselves, uh, who we are, where we come from, what do we do? Uh, So you guys get to know us a little bit more. We're also going to talk about um, suffering, which will be our first topic. Uh, Our second topic will be about indoor versus outdoor training. And then we'll have some any other business. So you guys know what we're up to these days. So, Micah, hello.
1: Hi, good to be (laughs) here.
0: Oh, who are you? So
1: I'm Mike van der Plaan, I'm from the Netherlands and uh, I live in Switzerland. I'm a sports psychologist registered here in Switzerland. I'm also a mental strength coach and uh, I work with uh, athletes from all levels and all ages. A very interesting profession, I'm really enjoying it to the max. I'm working for different centers here in the region uh, around Lausanne and Coppé and New. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here.
0: And uh, myself, so I'm uh, Thierry, I'm uh, Swiss, I uh, live as well here in um, Switzerland in Fune, near Geneva. Um, I'm an endurance sports coach, uh, specialized in triathlon, running, cycling, um, everything with basically endurance. Um, And yeah, I I love triathlon, that's my main sport, especially long distance, so Ironman triathlon. I've done a few of those and uh, keep on doing them. And that keeps me pretty busy. Here we are with our new project, a little podcast about mental strength and endurance sports. I reached out to you, I think it was about almost a year ago. That was just for myself. Um, and I was, tell- I was asking you, how can I go more into the red zone? So that was our first bond, basically came from this, (laughs) this suffering aspect, so perhaps we can talk now about suffering and what is it, why do we want to suffer, is it good to suffer, when should we suffer, suffering is kind of a buzzword um, and something we maybe take a little bit for granted, but if you dig a little bit deeper... On a more psychological level and also physiological level, what is it? So, I, th- I think um, there's there's a, there's a few things we can talk about. So, first thing, how would you define suffering?
1: Well. You can look at it from a psychological perspective and physical perspective. If I look at the mental side of suffering, I would say it is uh, the capability to deal with adversity and also to deal with uh, the the voice in your head telling you you have to stop. I mean, um, if I look at my own experience, sometimes if you enter the red zone, there's only this voice in my head that is telling me if you do, if you just continue, you will ruin yourself. Uh, it's not worth it. Just uh, stop and uh, you will be fine. Be nice to yourself and so forth. So, suffering to me is really responding to the pain in your body and stopping. The ability to deal with the voice in your head uh, telling you to stop. Hmm. It's the mental side to suffering.
0: From my point of view on the inner sports, suffering, the way I would define it, is going basically to almost the maximum of your ability or even beyond the maximum ability. So you're really putting a lot of stress on your body and you can suffer for different length of time. So if I will do a half an hour or one hour or two hour session you can suffer differently through the session because you're basically pushing yourself very hard and then having that little moment of rest at the end pushing on and off and and there's there's suffering in training so that's that's basically doing your your interval work where you are you need to stress your body to basically improve right so if you if you never go faster you're rarely going to, to, to improve but actually, well, you find out that it's during the recovery phase that you improve. But you need to put that stress through your body. And, and there you, ha- you need to have the ability to, to suffer in a way. And then on the, on the racing point of view is basically where you have a 5K or a 10K run race. If you don't put yourself through misery, if you're not suffering, you're not giving your best. And that's something very difficult to do.
1: So what you're saying is, you have to stress your body to improve, and with that stress comes also suffering. Yes. Okay.
0: Because suffering, in that sense, is the stress you put on your body. And the question is, how much do you want it? How much? How how can you quantify that stress? So this is the part of the the, the physiological aspects so you want to stress your body to improve. But then there's also that, that, that links really well to the psychological point of view of how long can I do it and do I really want to do it.
1: Or if I even start to enjoy suffering. I sometimes encounter people who say, I love this. I love to go in this zone where I have, I am in pain, but it's it's where I want to be because that's where I discover new things, that's where I see myself differently, that's where I know that if I finish I will be proud about myself. There are so many aspects to that suffering that are helping me to continue to go on. So it's still suffering, psychological suffering, because something I mean there's always this duality between being uh, able to go on and even knowing that you will be super proud if you finish and then this voice telling you you really have to stop here because it's too much, it hurts too much why do you do this and so forth so it's this understanding how to deal with the two voices or maybe more voices in your head and um, why why, why you're actually doing it to yourself because it's as easy to stop and just go back home Sit on the couch.
0: But we've we've all been we've well, most of us have been there where you're in a race, you're going hard, and yes, you've got these two voices. So, which one? Imagine now, I'm on my five k. I'm running as hard as I can, and there are two voices. Which one do I listen to?
1: Yes, exactly, or maybe both.
0: But how can I train? Mm to listen to one voice rather than the other?
1: I'm not sure if you can just, you can give one more attention than the other. You cannot um, just close down or ignore Hmm. one or the two, because they're both there. So either way, you have to accept the fact that some parts of you want to stop and some parts of you want to continue. How you can prepare yourself for that is first, I would say the, the key question is, why are you there? what is the reason you want to finish what's the reason you want to go deep during your training depending on the situation you have to ask yourself why are you doing it
0: so the yeah the first i think the first big question that people have to ask themselves is why am i doing this yes why am i doing this sport or this race or this competition or whatever it is once you know your why you might be able to either suffer or not, exactly. Because you might think, actually, I don't need to suffer because my why is that, and I don't need to suffer. But if my why is qualifying for Hawaii, well, <laughs> at some point you're gonna suffer. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that's the the first question, really. Yes. So, so how would you how do you normally Question that not to go too much into detail into the why but how do you approach this with people
1: well the first question I ask people athletes why are you uh, doing what you're doing so what is the reason behind your sports what is the reason behind you uh, doing a competition or races and that's a pretty difficult question it's not something you would answer in an hour it's something you have to chew on for a few days and it's an interesting process it's not like i'm asking you a question and you will give me straight answer it's a reflection process that will make you discover a little bit about yourself and the way you reason and the way you are motivated so it's also about motivation what is motivating you what is behind the reason you want to do the race. If I would ask you, do you want to go to Kona one day? Well, yes. Well, yes. But why? That's the big question. What is it that drives you to go that far that you would cl- qualify for Kona? It's not easy to qualify and then even doing the race is not uh, something which is um, done in... in its, it takes a lot of ex- experience, a lot of preparation. It's, it might be a life project. For some of
0: us. Yeah, because qualifying for such a race, for example, if that's your why, why do you do triathlon? I mean, uh, most people would probably answer, do you want to qualify for Kona? And they probably all will say, well, yeah, I'd love to qualify. But it, is that your why when you're in the race? Not. Probably no. That's not why you're, you're in it. So when you suffer at the end of the marathon in nine men, well, taking my example, you have to really dig deep to push yourself and that is where the why is really important, not necessarily the carrot as in I want to qualify, that's great but there's much deeper reasons on why you do the sport that can enable you to suffer and go through that, that pain which is required like I said before to go beyond your ability or at your max, let's say, and I mean when I say max, I'm not saying max speed. I'm just saying you're you're the best on the moment, the best your 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 best self at this moment. and quite often we we probably underestimate ourselves actually when we think that, for example, you're running as hard as you can in a ten k race, you're going at four minute per k. You know, could you have gone 355? Most probably. For sure. So where's the gap?
1: Yes. And do I want that? What motivates me to go that far? And I think it's super important. If we talk about the why behind what we're doing, also understand what is motivation. So you have this difference in psychology between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. the intrinsic motivation is something which really comes from within us which is far more powerful than something that motivates you and that comes from outside us so an example could be i am motivated to go to kona because i want to discover myself during that process of preparation i want to understand better how i react under pressure i want to understand or i see it as a discovery I see it as a journey, a long journey, a long process, where I just uh, want to understand better who I am throughout the process. That's a very deep, um, intrinsic motivator. And uh, many people would argue that that is far more powerful than, for example, I want to have the, uh, some prize or I want to go and be on the podium. course that's also interesting but or having a personal best but what we're just saying is if in the end I have to push hard but I see I won't achieve a personal best then why would I push
0: yeah but you can have also some external motivations like if you're running side by side with someone and there's one kilometer to go you know in the end okay it could be for the first place Okay, great. But it could also be for the place number 300 because there's, I don't know, 500 people participating in the race. But at that moment, you might still be motivated to push hard because you just want to beat the guy next to you.
1: Yes, and that's an intrinsic motivator Mm -hmm. because that's something which comes from within you because you're competitive and you like to win from other people. It's not because someone outside is judging you uh, to be the best, you don't care about that. You don't care about which place you will end. You care about the fact that you will prove yourself, not your parents, not your friends, not anyone else yet yourself, but yourself that you're able to beat the guy next to you, whoever that is.
0: But uh, and are you able to go? That that's the thing when we first talked I remember a while ago I said I was giving you the example that in some races we are able to 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 go really deep and then other races you just you just can't and that's that's you're not giving up but you're negotiating with yourself and ultimately the negotiation fails and you don't go as hard as you as you can so the question is should you suffer at every race can you how often do you have it's like a you know a box full of matches and you just basically how many matches do you have during the year during the season
1: yes I think you have to choose like your training plan you also have to train where do I want to suffer or where do I need to suffer some races you know I need to go deep to be able to achieve my objectives so uh, and if you are not clear on what your objectives are, so actually your why and why am I motivated to dig, dip, dig deep, then you probably will end up negotiating and you will always lose. Your body will always win from, and your voice in your head will always win from you and from your objectives and from everything you want from that race because you can tell yourself at home that you want to go deep but if you don't know why or how that fits in your program, it's not going to happen. So I would say, no, you don't need to go and suffer all the time. You need to be intelligent uh, in, in when do you want or go and, 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 and suffer. And some people do suffer every time. They love it. So why not? But if you know that you have a hard time doing so, you have to be very smart on where, when do I do it?
0: Yeah, so I did um, the Everest uh, challenge this summer, and yeah, it was, it was it was tough to do it, you know, physically. It was it was it was tu- it was a long day. It wasn't really difficult because I was going at low wattage, you know, taking it relatively easy, if we can say easy. But mentally, that was really really difficult because there were moments that I was just on my own for a very long time, and. I found that after that event, the next day, I was, I was fine, I had no, you know, no pain, nothing, I was, I was okay. But the next few weeks, actually, I was finding it really difficult to go back on the bike. And I don't think it was anything to do with the, the pain, okay, you have some, a little bit of muscle fatigue and it's a big event, but for me, it was all about the, 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 the mental aspect of, oh, why do I want to go back on the bike again? Although I really wanted to, but once you're on it, you're not able to give your best in some little hills or whatever.
1: I think this willpower is like a muscle. So yes, physically you were fine because you didn't go physically so deep that you need to have this recovery of days. But your willpower did go deep, so deep that you needed also the recovery. And sometimes this recovery will maybe take, take a week or two weeks. Um, that's 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 obvious, because um, it took you how many days?
0: I don't know, but I mean for, for a few weeks for sure. I yes. was just yeah. not really feeling motivated to train, because I was like, oh, I, I, why again? Like, you know, so you just want to rest, you know, and, and it, I think it was more mentally than, than anything else.
1: You see well, what you were asking yourself, why again? Yeah. So again, this why? Exactly. Um, so the willpower is like a muscle, and your willpower muscle was just exhausted. And you have to give it a break. And I think that's exactly where we also can practice to be kind to ourselves and to be very selective when we put really a lot of mental pressure on ourselves and when we just let it go for a while.
0: Yeah, another, another scenario, like you said about planning during a season, would be to say, okay, I've got my preparation races, training races, whatever you want to do, call it, and during the ones which are, you know, B race or C race even, which is just basically like a training day, you know, practicing what you're going to do in your A race, yeah, there are some people who are just going to go deep every single time, you know, and okay, there's some outliers all the time, but I think what i would do is to just really focus on your objectives and keep your bullets for the one that really matters and then you, you, you have all these all these all these bullets all these matches all this this sort of free mental strength to to put into that that uh, so so you can train throughout the season to to let's say suffer or dig deep in some aspects but when it really matters and you know that you've got to basically redline the thing, then you've got enough bullets to do, to do so.
1: Yes, I think I think that's true. And I also think we need to um, separate real, real suffering, like finishing a very, very difficult race and digging super deep and knowing that we'll... Destroy our willpower for a few weeks, and even our body for maybe ten days. Well, not destroy, but at least have, a, get a, get into a state where we need a serious recovery. And suffering during um, our normal training, where we are maybe a little bit in pain, but it's necessary to get enough stress on the body to improve. Because I would say, if we choose only to suffer a few times a year, then we would not be able to push ourselves throughout the year when the body also needs to be pushed, because also many people would maybe hold back uh, during um, interval training uh, only because they are afraid of what they will meet if they push a little bit harder. So I I would say separate maybe the big bullets Mm -hmm. as you mentioned it and the normal suffering which we actually do every day because i'm sure that every day not only in sports but also in normal life we do suffer mentally because we're doing something which is maybe um, annoying or which is uh something we look up to we need to suffer um to be able to improve or to progress um, it's just a matter of how much do are you able to uh, handle, and you're definitely also able to improve that very quickly, even.
0: Yeah, and what and something I was thinking about is just not just the we're talking here mostly about the mental aspect of, of of suffering, a little bit the physical side as well, of course. Like you can suffer in a race, and you know your body aches, your muscles are screaming to stop. That is suffering. What we're not talking about is suffering in terms of, you know, if if you get injured through in a race, for example, you pull a muscle, just don't suffer, as in don't just, you know, take it easy. There's no point of, well, unless basically you're first and then you have the guy, you know, there's, there's different, but we're not talking about suffering in terms of physical pain because of an injury and you just have to push through the injury. No, that's that's not what we're talking about. But um, the, the aspect, I think, of, of suffering and that trainability of suffering, and like you said about interval training, is to go step by step and start with short intervals, then increasing them a bit longer, making them either a bit longer, a bit harder, different, as, you know, to, to build that confidence. Because obviously, if you start with a one minute interval, okay, you can, you can do it, then do it again. Then and again, and again, you know, so three, four, five, six times, and then instead of doing six times one minute, you do six times two minutes. And and these things you gradually build through the season to build that confidence that you can go through this suffering, if you will, that really hard pace. And that's kind of where you kind of have this bank of suffering bullets. And you, and you put it in a bank, and you have that confidence, then when you go to race, you can pull out of that bank and hit hard. But obviously, that bank becomes empty at some point, and you have to restore that energy, mental energy that, that, that you need for a for, for next race.
1: Yes, yeah. So it's the experience that counts. It's throughout the year, if you have had uh, some hard trainings, you build up as you're saying, the confidence, hmm. which is super important, confidence, self-confidence, the, 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 the ability to tell yourself, look, I know I can do this. Uh, I'm ready for it. This is, I would say, the most important part. Um, sometimes athletes come to me and ask me to help them on the mental side. But then I ask them to come back in a while because I first want them to gain confidence through experience. Because if we do not build up the hours and go out running in rain, uh, in wind, and in difficult uh, conditions, we do not build up this experience that we need to uh, face the adversity during the race. So we can, you know, give, I can give them a lot of uh, mental tricks or a mental training. But I think uh, most importantly is the experience. But then if you are experienced, then what can you do uh, extra to prepare yourself for this suffering that is coming up in the race? Well, there are different. There are so many different things you can do. Um, what you could do, for example, is uh, especially in winter time. We're uh, soon in winter. Uh, many people will go indoor training um you can try to you know not to train with music for example and just to be still and try to focus on your training uh and and the movements um so there there are many techniques
0: so as a as a bit of a key takeaway from from suffering what should we what are the things you would that's your your top tips on Suffering or the ability to suffer or you know just a- around that that topic of suffering because you know just to say to someone Well, just toughen up. Well, no, that's It's it's we like to say that, well you just got to toughen up But it's not really a good advice. You know uh, train to be tougher. Okay, you're not going to tell yourself Today, I'm going to be tough on the bike So why would you say the first things to to yeah, your top tips on suffering?
1: My top tips. Top tips.
0: So the one is the why, the first one. The
1: first one is the why. Yeah. That's clear. Why are you doing this? This is a process you have to go go through. And maybe also it's very um, lengthy process. So you still have to to keep on asking yourself, before a race, why do I do this? What are my objectives? Uh, And what do I do when I start to negotiate with myself? Another thing is try to identify your thoughts before a race. So what am I thinking when I'm under pressure? What is it that, what is that voice in my head actually telling me? How? Um, and, and write it down. Try to keep a journal a few weeks before a race and try to get a hold of your thoughts. Uh, what are the positive things you're thinking? What are the negative things are you're thinking? What part of you is trying to convince you to stop? What part of you is trying to convince you to continue, just to get a better idea about what it is that you're thinking, because it's a very unconscious process.
0: But that could be in, in trainings, for example. Yeah, you can so do that during definitely. your interval training yes, work.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, and make sure you are prepared to do so. So when you start your interval training, just you know stand still for for a few seconds, and put yourself, give yourself the attention intention to Uh, Be aware of your thoughts then after your interval training just take a journal and write it down write it down and Do some free writing so do not um, Try to write down everything perfectly just write down everything you think and write down your thought during the interval training Okay, that's and and that way you get a better idea of what's happening in your head and to make it more conscious because we're so often unconscious And if this unconscious dialogue is there, when you're about to give up, you'll definitely give up. Whereas if you're more conscious and you are warned or you are prepared to listen to this dialogue, there's also more chance that you can interfere.
0: And there's also perhaps the visualization aspect where you can anticipate that moment and and visualize yourself doing it that could be before a workout yes. and just to know that you look at the workout that you have to do yes or a race that you have to do yes and try to basically you know that at this point you know that you're going to have to go through a hard tough moment so it's just about knowing the workout or knowing the course that you're going to race to anticipate that, that that suffering. Because if the suffering comes as a surprise, it's probably really difficult. But the more prepared we are, actually, I don't know, it could be both ways, actually, the more prepared we are, the more negotiation, negotiation time we have, uh, or not. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, uh, yes. And I think the visualization is an excellent way to prepare a race. So I would definitely recommend you to start at least one or two weeks before your race and to visualize different aspects. So yes, we can try to anticipate on this negotiation moment, but it's difficult because we are not, it's super difficult to really imagine how it is when you're in it. Whereas imagining how it is to pass the finish line, that's much easier so i would i would rather advise to you know visualize visualize different stages so if you know that for example there will be a moment where you are totally completely alone then visualize that see yourself running you can do that from different perspectives you can visualize it as you being in in the run or in the race Uh, or you can picture yourself from imagine you're sitting in a drone or you see yourself running both are fine i would say try both and the one that is most easy for you you keep that one so for me personally it's much more easy to visualize well i'm running so i really i close my eyes i stand still or i sit down but best is to stand, and i visualize how it is to run for example in the dark being totally alone hearing my breathing um, just looking around And I really try to not only visualize the physical part, so how do I run, how do I feel, but it's also the mental part. So what state am I in and what state would I like to be in? I would like to be in a state where I feel pushed, um, challenged, but sharp and awake and grateful, for example. Those are values that are important for me and I would like them To be there, I would like to be in that mental state when I'm alone running in the dark, for example. So that is what you can visualize. You can also visualize the finish line.
0: Yeah, positive family.
1: Yes, very positive thoughts. Having your family there, your children, I don't know, your parents, your friends being super proud of you. And you just capture that, you just visualize that and play it like a movie over and over again. That's something very powerful, and it will definitely help you to push through because your brain has already anticipated. Because the brain has the uh, often the the the, the um, before a race, the brain anticipates often something negative. So that's why we're getting stressed. So we have to counteract that with, for example, the visualization exercise where we picture or visualize something positive, not only a positive event, but also a positive state of mind, and that's most important. So you really try to prep your brain to switch from something that is maybe negative or difficult into something that is positive and pushing us to go through, to go on.
0: Yeah, I think think for for me the, the, the biggest takeaway from today really is the why the, the why. I mean, we always go back to this question, but it's the why you are doing this, you know. And and I I coach some people who just come to me and say, I want to do this running race. I want to do this and that. And um, I say, okay, we you prep. Okay, you want to do the you want you want to run. Okay, we're gonna put, put you through some 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 interval training. This and that. Okay, I go through the motions. And then all of a sudden, you see that they're not able to 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 do the intervals. And you know, based on different uh, testing that I've done they should definitely be able to to do it and then you ask the question well first I should ask the question but you ask the question why do you want to do this and they tell you I just I want to I want to be fit I just want to I want to be fit and healthy for, for now and you go but you are already fit so why would you need to push yourself <laughs> harder if you've already accomplished your your goal so that's that's for me really the the the, the key of, for suffering um, and, and how many times during the year you have to, 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 to do it and it, like we said we don't have to suffer all the time it's just something very unique not everybody can do it and many people have different levels of suffering so what I consider suffering might be nothing for some others or the opposite it might be just hell so so we have really a different aspect. And and it's not because, for example, you say, I'm going to do a 5K versus a marathon. It's, you know, both are equally as suffering if you go do your best. So you have as well different su- levels of suffering depending on the length and the pace that you, you go at. Because obviously if you go marathon, the first 5K of the marathon, they're, they're easy, right? You're, you're not suffering at all last 5k you're suffering like hell but it's still the same pace you know so it's it's completely different and and there you're requiring much more your that's when the psychological aspect comes into play you know are you able at that moment to just go hard or keep that pace or are you basically slowing down and then but again we go back to the to the why i
1: mean we could we could discuss a few tips also on just simple mental tricks like self-talk. Self-talk is a very important um, mental skill that every endurance athlete has to be able to apply. Self-talk is talking to yourself, is having an internal dialogue. So we've been speaking a lot about the different voices in our heads And, I mean, it's very powerful to have some phrases ready uh, to tell yourself. So, take a piece of paper and try to write down a few things that you would, for example, scream to your friend who is suffering. So, imagine you're in a race or you're just a spectator of a race and you're seeing someone running by and uh, he's obviously suffering so what would you tell him you would probably tell him come on come on cherry you can do this i mean you've trained so hard you can do this so that would be maybe something you could tell yourself as well if you were also suffering and this is what we call self-talk and it's a very powerful skill and you have to practice that but you have to find this one or two phrases that make you tick that make you uh, you know, continue when things are really getting super difficult. That's one thing. The other thing is very um, simple is uh, having some tokens. So for example, wearing a fri- wristband that reminds you of uh, your children, of that reminds you of the hard work you've done, um, or a picture of someone, uh, you can put that on your uh, poles when you're running or doing a trail uh, race. Yeah,
0: on the bike. On know, the yeah. bike,
1: exactly. So there are many, many things that you can do that help you when you need it. And you, But you cannot do that one week before your race. You have to figure out throughout the season what is making me... Maybe music. I always argue just, you know, put away your music. Put away all the distractions during your training because they will make you mentally, it will make you mentally stronger because then you only have yourself, your bike for example and your movements, your physical training but yes of course during the race you can maybe promise yourself okay if I go through these 100 to 200k at a certain pace then there is an incentive, you can work with small incentives just small things that make you or keep you going so, those are little tricks that will definitely help you to go through.
0: Yeah. All right, I think we've covered quite a bit on suffering. Um, we could, I think, talk about this for another two hours, two hours, three hours. about suffering. But uh, perhaps, I mean, we'll. Um, what are you guys uh, thinking about? I mean, um, sending us an email, um, give us a message to just ask about, you know, a few questions on, on suffering. Um, Indoor versus outdoor training and with a with a specific um, well, it's specifically for runners or, or cyclists or triathletes, I, I, I would say. And, and why I want to talk about this is, I mean, looking outside the, the window now, it's windy, it's autumn, um, it's just horrible. So do I really want to go for a bike ride outside or do I want to go run outside if it's, uh, you know, rain or whatever? So there's always this discussion, especially, I think, for cyclists of outside versus inside. Um, do, you, do you train inside?
1: Yes, all the time. Yeah. All the time? Yeah. Well, not all the time. During summer, no. But in winter, yes. Yes, I definitely do that. And
0: no, I, nothing in the summer?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, if I don't have much time. So it's a very uh, good exercise. Very, I mean, without an hour, you can, I would say, but you're your physical coach. You could simulate a two or three yeah. hour bike ride easily. Yeah. So it's very effective
0: yeah the, the thing is you could do it outside. Um, you could you, you can do every single workout outside, of course, but there's there's dif- different pros and cons of doing it indoor versus outdoor, and that's something we're gonna, um, we're going to talk about uh, now. So w- when we look at indoor training for for cycling, basically you need a, a turbo trainer, so that's a, a, a trainer, a smart trainer, a dumb trainer, rollers, whatever. so you need to have you're basically cycling inside. And you have now different programs like Zwift, uh, TrainerRoad, um, loads of uh, Sufferfest, loads of different companies. We basically create workouts for you to, to train inside. And you can be on your own bike on the turbo trainer, or you can have a, a like a Watt bike, for example, which is like a whole system. Um, for running, we basically you just, just need a treadmill. So that's um, that's what you need to to for, for the indoor. So a few a few things that a um, few benefits, let's say of of the indoor training. Um, first of all, I would say especially on, on for the bike is is safety. So safety for different reasons. it could be traffic. you know there's no cars when you <laughs> ride your bikes inside. Um, there's uh, the weather conditions, it's not slippery. When you go down the hill, you uh, on the bike. Okay, that's a skill you need to learn as well. When you when you do ride outside, but you don't have the risk of falling off your bike. You know, well, depends <laughs> maybe for some, but uh, no. So so really, the first aspect is safety. Um, and there's one guy I'll talk to him a bit later on again. Is is Lionel Sanders? He's a triathlete, and I think one year he had something like three bike accidents, and just then. <laughs> Okay, no more outside. And they're all like car-related accidents. And so he just went, okay, I'm just going to cycle in, inside. Uh, so, first thing is safety. Um, do, you, I mean, do you feel safe when you ride outside?
1: Yeah I'm, I'm pre- yeah, I'm actually... But I'm pretty naive. So, knock on wood, never happened something to me. And um, I'm really trying to... I've once learned from a coach that... You have to be. Um, you have to imagine yourself uh, flying, um, flying a plane. So, or flying a, this. What is it?
0: Yeah. The uh,
1: very fast planes. The. I
0: don't know, like, a, well, whatever. Whatever a jet, it is. A jet. Uh, a jet. Uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so you have to be very sharp all the time, and I'm really trying to do that. I'm really. I do not. Um, Start daydreaming. I'm very aware of mm. the danger, um, but I feel pretty safe. Yes,
0: because it's yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I obviously the more you ride outside, the more statistically you have yes. the chance of having an accident or something happening. You know, cars. There's more and more cars are on on the road. There's more cyclists as well. Uh, so. Uh, We all have to share the road and and that safety aspect is is really... um, So, if you choose to do all your training outside, I would definitely recommend, for example, at this time of the year, autumn or winter, having some lights, reflective uh, clothes, and not just go out all black or something, you know, just uh, be as shiny as a Christmas tree, that's what I would say. So that's the sort of negative thing for the outdoor training, the safety, but that's the really positive thing for, for indoor training. You, you, you're just 100% safe all the time. Um, a sec- second aspect for indoor training, which is just super easy. So whether you want to run or ride your bike, it literally takes a few minutes to start your workout. Whereas, if you want to run or ride outside, you've got to put the right clothes, do you have the right gear, the right bike, the whatever, you know, all these different things that you have to prepare, um, takes time. You know, if if you want to really ride outside, by the time you've put all the gear and everything, it's, I mean, okay, some people are quicker than others, but I I would argue that you take at least 10 minutes, if not 15 minutes, to really prepare for an outdoor ride. Whereas if you just have your turbo trainer ready inside, then it takes you, you know, two minutes because you just put some bib shorts and you're done. <laughs> so, so everything is ready. So that's the the setup for the for the indoor trainer. Uh, another thing is is the the controllable. So if you have a workout to do, say I said, okay, I want you to do ten times two minutes at two hundred fifty watts. Yeah. Outside. Yeah, you can do it. It's fine. But then all of a sudden you're going to have to, I don't know, there's a traffic light or there's a bit of undulation on the road. So your power goes up or down or whatever. So with the indoor trainer, the turbo trainer, or the speed on on the treadmill, that's just set. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. You can just set it to that speed, set it to that wattage, and it just won't change. So that's really one very interesting aspect. However you might be a little bit addicted to that, and you're not maybe able to translate that on the road. So I think it's also very good, important to, to train some intervals on the road outside, because, you know, there's never a, a flat, completely flat course or completely, you know, a road without potholes or without this and that. So you, you have to vary a little bit sometimes your speed or adapt your speed to, to the course. So. Um, but yeah, there's no disruptions when when you're indoors, you don't have cars, no traffic lights Um, and again, it goes back to the safety aspect but you you can also just focus 100% on your workout and and that's something, you you don't have to think about anything else you don't have to, like you just said before, you have to be sharp about safety this you can just put 100% of your attention on the workout Whereas maybe when you go outside, you have to focus, you know, 75% on your effort, 25%, let's say, on your, your mind has to be focused on traffic. So that, that's really um, something. And, and you use uh, Swift a little yes. bit, yeah, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. So do you think it's, I mean, I, I love it. Do you mm-hmm. think it's realistic on how it sort of, sort of recreates a bit? The, the Oh,
1: yeah. It's fantastic. I love it yeah it's very well done very engaging so and what i love about it is that um, it is it has something I- in it for every everyone so if we would if we would talk about the difference from a psychological point of view between indoor and extor- uh, outdoor i would say like you're saying 25% of your mind is busy taking care of the of the Safety, uh, looking around, um, so you, you are actually distracted uh, quite a lot if you're riding outside, which is psychologically much uh, more comfortable, uh, because you, you have a good time, you're riding, uh, so it's easier to go outside for most people. Whereas inside, it's it's pretty it's dull. So there's... But, wh-
0: but why is it dull? That's the whole thing. Why is it boring?
1: Yeah, it's, it's boring because there's only you, the bike and the movement. So yeah. it's very difficult to keep our mind with our movement because we, if we want, we can even watch a Netflix movie. So now Swift has created some virtual world, which is pretty engaging. So there's something in it for everybody. So if you want, you can go easy and there are enough things that distract you. So from a psychological point of view, it makes it easier to go and, and, and do your workout indoors. Whereas as a sports psychologist, I would then say, look, it's nice, Swift, and keep on doing it. But maybe put something in front of your screen to make sure you have only your bike, yourself and your training, so that you're not getting distracted by all the dashboards. Um, it it has many, I don't know, you, yeah, maybe yeah, you're yeah. better in explaining that but but,
0: but I think the the Swift is the, if you compare, let's say, there's probably three layers that we're really going to the psychological aspect here of the indoor training, but it's you have you know, let's say level one would be, okay, it, weather's bad outside, I'm just gonna do my workout inside, easy ride, and I just watch a movie. So you just turn your legs and you know that's it that's just level 1 of of training let's say then you go to level 2 and i think it's more on swift so you you forget about music forget about some, uh, movie you're on swift or so you see yourself you see your little avatar you know uh, cycling away whatever and you push yourself okay there's there's some distractions but I, it's very close like real life, because yes. you are you have the distractions of the scenery yes. and the changing of the yes. the, 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 the the movement, the, yes. the up and down, whatever. Yes.
1: And I also, think then and
0: then you have level three, which is like you say, no screen, nothing, just you and the bike, and and no distractions whatsoever. Like you say, put a towel on the computer and just or the, even the GPS, you don't even have you have no knowledge about it from you and your pedaling. So there's different layers of of where you can play with that.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I, I think that you can, we talked in our previous podcast about suffering. I think even with these three layers, I love this, that the, actually the way you explain it, the three layers we can choose. Where do we want to be? Where are we at in our training? Or what is my motivation? Even people who are not are, are following a training program, and there are hundreds of people that just want to move their legs and uh, have their own motivation to do that. And they can choose. They can choose to watch a movie, to listen to a podcast or music, to our podcast maybe. <laughs> and 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 uh, and then the second uh, option is to to be really engaged in Swift, which I. I, I also what I also like about Swift is that you can choose different um, environments where you can ride in. It's like you're preparing your your outing, mm-hmm. which is really nice. So he, there is also some freedom in where you where you want to
0: go. Go yeah, exactly. That's
1: very well done, actually. Or you can choose to go to the third option and say, hey. I'm really going to focus on, on myself, on my body, on my training, and um, let's see what's happening. So there are many options. But that that's
0: and outdoors that's really you tough. don't have that no. you
1: don't have that option.
0: But that's really tough. I mean the, now we're really into the <laughs> into the thick of it about the psychological benefits of riding indoors. And I remember, for example, we first You know, I I came to you to to, to train that aspect of being strong mentally throughout the race, let's say. And you you were telling me, okay, no music. So I got rid of the music and that was actually before I started Zwift. And I remember doing some intervals where for eight, nine or 10 minutes or 15 minutes, I would just basically train myself to look and think of nothing else but just that. And I would only get the beep. When the interval was finished, and I must say that it—you ta- know—the first interval you do that of ten minutes is like the longest interval in your life. But then it gets better and better and better. Now, there's, uh, yeah, there's not so many times you can do these sort of workouts. But um, for me, Zwift is a very, co- very cool compromise. Of course, some people have Swift and then like a Netflix and then music and whatever, like the whole setup. You know, you look like you're in a video game or something. But I just have Zw- when I have Swift on, I just have Swift. I have nothing else, no music, no nothing. And I think it's a nice compromise between the psychological toughness of being inside, but then the outdoor benefits of having that sort of feel for the road because it goes up and down, uh, the changing of rhythms and and all that. So so that's. Where I think, but but for sure, a huge benefit of indoor training is 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 mental toughness improvement. That's there's you know, you really want to if that's one of your weaknesses, then indoor training is the perfect tool. Yes, and I remember you one thing. I think you told me the an exercise could be, okay, it's it's a nice day outside. Let's go for a run. Well, actually no, you're gonna do your run in on a treadmill. Yes. Ooh. Or, you know, so, so we're going kind of against what the, the, the benefits we say before of safety, for example, of a bike, but you, you can go reverse it to, to improve it. So it's a nice day. Well, actually, I'm going to go and train inside. Yes. And that that's, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's like a pressure cooker for your mind. So um, we, we, in a short time, we are forced to to deal with only ourselves Uh, and especially when it's difficult then what do you do? Normally you would uh, uh, really um, want to be distracted Hmm. to have a conversation with a friend if still possible or to listen to music or start uh, whatever looking at your watts or looking at how many kilometers or looking at the clock. But now it's only you and your body Um, and um, I think if you integrate some of those trainings throughout the year, you will definitely grow stronger. It's actually like a meditation practice. So it's uh, like we're trying to meditate while doing our exercise.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's uh, definitely, and I think we've got a few examples of that. that and, and one of the um, the guys, which is quite famous in, in triathlon called Lionel Sanders. I, I, I talked to him about him before. He rides a huge amount on Swift and even runs on, on the treadmill has his little Zwift. For, for me, running is definitely a bit next level, again, in terms of mental toughness, running inside on the treadmill. Yeah, it's it's really if I really have to do it, otherwise I usually go outside. But, you know, I think if you compare running to cycling, you, you can still have a pretty good workout outside for, 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 for um, running. Whereas cycling, if you want to go for two hours, three hours, that's also just, if the weather's bad, it's just miserable. Whereas you can easily do it inside, easily, you know, uh, running, um, usually a workout is between an hour, you know, 40, half an hour to an hour and a half, let's say on the long run or two hours, that's bearable outside, even if the weather's bad, but, you know, four hour bike ride outside in the rain, you no. Know, no thanks, no. but um, yeah, and this guy Lionel Sanders, he just does pretty much 100 percent of his workouts on Zwift, wow. and he's one of the best uh, cyclists uh, in the sport. So it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're a worse cyclist because you do it inside. There's a huge amount of benefits to to, to do it. Uh, something we didn't we forgot to mention is that when you're inside. You don't have the cooling effect. Ef- mm-hmm. Effect, you, okay. You can have fans, but even with you can put how many fans you want, to open the windows. You don't have that natural airflow, mm-hmm. so you're gonna sweat a lot more. So that's it. Could be a benefit. It could mm-hmm. also be a negative thing. So the benefit is well, you're gonna. It's gonna be very hot, so you can train in those hot conditions. Um, but you know, you gotta basically. Have enough nutrition to fuel those workouts, and probably more than the outdoor ones, yes. because you're sweating a huge amount mm-hmm. and basically losing all the all the minerals. Um, and to be very careful on your bike, actually, too because if you sweat a lot on your bike, you have a lot of salt, and that can so you have to clean your bike regularly. But um, and another example I had was uh, Brett Sutton, the the famous uh, mm-hmm. triathlete coach, coach who you know he some of his athletes won one Corona many times, especially the women and. He had, I think, a session with like a four or three or four hour run yes. in a super small room and on a treadmill, set the pace at, I don't know, 14K an hour and just run four hours in this small room.
1: <laughs> yes, with no music. Nothing. Pretty no dark. I think yeah. there was one, uh, one little window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, sorry.
0: That's like, that's crazy. Definitely, yeah. you know next level, but that's, that goes back to the psychological aspect, huh? Yes. That's you're training your mind, yes. really.
1: That's really training your mind, yeah. Because then you will meet all the voices in your head and then you will be more aware of what's happening within you when you are facing this huge challenge. Also, what we should not forget to mention is that the perceived effort indoors is so much higher and that's what it automatically not only makes it diff- more difficult physically, so that's something maybe we should also uh, uh, warn people for that. You know, one hour bike ride does not equal one hour outside. Um, so physically, it's more more stressful, but also psychologically, because the perceived effort is much much higher, and um, yeah, probably because there's no distraction or whatsoever.
0: Well, on Zwift, for example, if you stop pedaling, you know, there's the zero watts. You're not moving. Yeah on the cycling you always have a bit of up and down or whatever, outdoors you can have, you have more rest periods outside and indoor, if you don't pedal, you don't, (laughs) there's no, No. you know, it doesn't work, so you have to constantly pedal, it's true. Um, It's true the perceived effort, it depends, I think in some cases it could be harder inside or harder outside, it depends I guess on which, on the intervals. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right, it's generally Easier outside to push through certain wattage um, because you have to do. Actually, just the other day, I did a workout where I was two times thirty minutes up a hill, and I easily did the wattage I wanted. Now you do the same two times thirty minutes inside, and that's just really tough.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's really tough. Yes. So, well, tough psychologically, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but also sometimes. Physically, because when you're up on a hill, sometimes it goes a bit harder. So instead of going, I don't know, 280 watts, I was going. Maybe sometimes we 300 is harder, but then sometimes it's 250. So you have rest times. You go a bit over, under, changing your rhythms. If you just set your trainer on erg mode and it's like 280 and you just have to do that for 30 minutes, that's that's really tough. Yes. So yeah, indoor training. I mean, I definitely recommend it. Um, I use it all year-round, mm-hmm. really. Um, I usually do my, for sure, the long rides outside. But during the week, um, because it's just so time-convenient, I just hop on the bike and that's it. You know, if within an hour, I've got my... And, I've, and I train to very specific zones, mm-hmm. specific paces or, or you know, um, wattage that you can be, you can be so precise... In what you want to do versus outside where you have to plan really well ahead and say okay I want to go up that hill at that time and then have to come back and yeah I just I just think okay I'm gonna do five times ten minutes of this or five times two minutes whatever and it's all done Boom. yeah so for me it's more the convenient aspect yes but definitely also the safety
1: yes. aspect yeah. I,
0: I've had very close calls <laughs> yeah. in, in you know you have cars overtaking you uh, you have some going the wrong way whatever it, it's just you know obviously I, I ride a lot so it's, for me that's the, the biggest uh, thing but um, yeah and outdoors so let's go now to the benefits of the, the outdoor um, workouts and something you can't get inside for sure is the, the feel for the mm-hmm. road or yes. for the um, you know cycling or running you know and mm-hmm. so the feel when you go, if you're running a trail, you know, there's no way you can replicate that in, inside on a treadmill. So the difference of, you know, um, the, the different level of, t- of terrain. So it could be sand, it could be rocky, it could be whatever. Same on a mountain, if you're doing mountain biking, you know, there's no way you can simulate that. Okay. I, on my tax, for example, on the turbo trainer, it, when you go on cobbles, it goes, yeah, so that's really cool. But it's not the same thing. If you really ride on cobbles, it's really tough, you know. Whereas on tax, it's kind of you feel it a little bit, but it's not, you know, it's not the same thing. So yeah, definitely the the huge benefit, of course, of the outdoor workout is the feel. Then reality, because unless you're becoming a pro Swift racer, we're all our races mostly are going to be outside. So you know, you you can train where you will race or on the same terrain similar terrain so the reality aspect is is something very important so it's important to, to, to train outside as well and not just only indoor and um, yeah like I said fresh air you know you have that cooling effect constantly you have fresh air as in just oxygen just have some real air that <laughs> you can breathe and if you go for an hour Imagine you just want to go an easy workout, one hour. Just go for like a little bike ride. It's actually probably nicer to do it outside. Get some fresh air, you know, and and take the sun, vitamin D, you know. And and whereas in your inside in your basement, you know, you don't get that. So I think I think that's that's another another positive thing. Scenery we talked about outside. Obviously, you're not going to have the same one inside. Um, group rides with with friends, you know. Just join your friends, gro- join your running club, you know, cycling club, whatever. Um, the social aspect. Although we talked about Zwift, that's that's really um, a very great way of having a social. That's why I love Zwift because it's really about the community in Zwift. So you can you can have that inside, but for sure outside, you you're with. Uh, your friends? Do you write a lot with friends? Friends, or how do you? On Swift, or no, or outside, outside, yeah. outside with friends, yeah,
1: definitely. And uh, also, I think it's important if we look at the psychological side uh, to ask yourself what motivates me to go out or to go in. So in your case, you like the communi- community um, for Swift, and if you go out, uh, maybe you write alone. But but the, the nice thing is you have a choice. So if you know what motivates you you can choose if you like nice weather you can go outside um, but if you like to be competitive and there is not a friend available to compete with you you can go on swift and you can try to compete because there are so many options you can go and ride in a community you can try to uh
0: yeah. you subscribe
1: for a race but, but I think the,
0: the riding with friends is also, it's, it's a positive thing of the outdoor experience and I think it also can be a negative one because too many times I see people who train always with people, with other people with friends, and you see it on Strava ride with uh, this and that uh, run with this and that, whatever and, but when you're in your race you're on your own yeah. generally, yes. or with people that you don't know. So, m- it could be motivating in one way to run, to run with friends, but when the real race happens, you see a lot of people failing to, to meet their goals, because they're not with their friends anymore. Mm.
1: Yeah, I agree. So,
0: so that's, that's something... I don't know what you...
1: Yeah, you know, I agree, that? I agree. Uh, so, it's again about what do you want? What is your plan? Why do you want it? Why do you do what you do? Do you go out with friends because only your friend is able to motivate you to go on? Or is it just because it's weekend and it's fun? Um, But you have to separate that. And I think definitely there is so much to say for going uh, out out on a a run or on a bike ride completely on your own and um, just uh, face the, the boring the boring part of, uh, of, of, of you uh, you and uh, you alone.
0: Yeah, because that's... Yeah, in a way, you're not always going to race, going to be with other people that you just can chat no. and in some aspects. For example, in Ironman, you're not allowed to draft. So you cannot no, ride no, with someone no, else. No. So unless you have been on your own for a long time, for 180K, you have to experience that beforehand. Yes. And that's why I think if you... Indoor, you don't necessarily have to do the same amount of time, but I think the indoor trainer will basically bring you to a point of, you know, a very solid point. So you might say, okay, if you can, if you, I think if you're able to do 100k solo inside, let's say, you know, it's let's say three, three and a half hours.
1: You've done
0: much more. I've done much more, yes, but I mean, let's say you do that. Yes. I think that gives you enough bullets to go for four four and a half or five hours outside on your own. You know, I, I, it's not a one-to-one. I think you have more gains inside on, on the mental aspect than outside. But um, and yeah, the friends. I mean, on Zwift, for example, you'll, or any other, you, you'll always have people uh, around you or whatever. So that's that's good. But it's not necessarily the, your friends, but you you always. So the the social aspect, I think, is can be. You can make new friends on 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 mm. Zwift. You know, I, sometimes you have a race and you're you know, hanging on uh, or you just missed a pack or whatever and you end up with this one guy and you worked with him for 20k and I don't know, he's from Norway, for example. And you just then follow the guy on Strava or on Zwift and you might end up talking to him and making a new friend. You, You never know. Yes. And the same thing goes, happens outside, yes. you know, you're on a hill, all of a sudden you overtake someone, start talking and you make a new friend. So I think you can do both inside and, and outside. Yes. Yes, but yes. I, I think for me the, the outdoor one, although group ride with friends is a very positive thing in terms of the social aspect of the sport, You, like you said very correctly, you have to know why you do the sport. So if you do the sports to be social, then for sure, go right outside. Yes. But if you do the sport to be competitive, okay, have some social rides, but those rides will not be your no. main training uh, sessions because that's not what you're training for. So, yeah. Um, and an- another thing I, I really want to, to, obviously the different terrain, we talk about that for the road, the track, the forest, that that's something a very, very, imp- I mean, the, that's the, the one of the biggest advantages of the outdoor training is that you just have, you know, the whole, you know, out, outdoor is your playground. You can, you will change very different um, difficulties. Um, I mean, there's not many trainers, for example, or treadmills. Well, yeah, you have some treadmills, you can go up and down, but it's not going to be the same shame. thing. No. You know, uh, going trail running, mm-hmm. uh, phew, Yeah, how can you replicate that? But trail run, you know, so. <laughs> and a huge... Uh, for me is the, the, the cross-training aspects. So not necessarily... Let's say you're a runner and in the winter, you know... Or let's say cycling, for example. Cycling, or wh- whatever. The weather's miserable, there's snow, or whatever. Why Are you still going to go uh, ride in the mountains when it's like snow? Uh, well, no, you can't because it's just A, not possible, or it's not safe. But then there's other sports you could try.
1: Exactly. Like
0: cross-country skiing. I'm a huge fan. I don't do almost any long rides in the winter. Uh, My long ride is a two, three or four hour cross-country ski uh, session. And that's fantastic.
1: Yes. And And also mentally, mentally step out of your comfort zone. If you always stay in your comfort zone, even though in your training, there is a lot of outside comfort because uh, when we put stress on the body, it's outside comfort, but still it's your regular thing. Cycling, running.
0: So you mean outside comfort zone in terms of a new sport, a new, sport, a new yes. something could yes, new. completely new. Take on swimming, yes. or take on yes,
1: exactly.
0: You know, well, it's yes. normal skiing, yes. cross-country skiing. Okay, exactly.
1: Yeah. And this is not only good for the body because obviously you need to, you need to be careful not to injure yourself. But uh, suppose you're doing it right, then it will definitely help you to improve your strength, your endurance, because those sports they are uh, a fantastic way to improve but also mentally because you're learning something new so you will get back your motivation the fire will light up yeah and also even if you're someone who likes to do something really at a certain level you will definitely get frustrated because it's something new so how do you deal with that how do you deal with the frustration how do you deal with all the hours or maybe all the effort you have to put into the new sport to, to get going, and this is some fantastic experience to build up your mental strength.
0: Yeah, and, and also I, th- I think that if you haven't so, for example, for me in the winter, I'll do indoor training, in, in in for cycling, on my TOBA trainer. But I'll I'll do sessions of you know an hour, an hour and a half, whatever. But not very not over the top. The long stuff, I'll just go. I'll just go skiing and. When you come comes march April, the weather's getting better you're like really excited to go back outside for a long ride, and you're really looking forward to it because you haven't done it for a while, and you can just go out for a hundred k hundred and eighty k whatever big ride. but if you have done this the whole winter and you've put yourself through misery of going around the lake you know six hours in the rain and whatever, and you've done that whole time you know i think you're you're I mean, personally, I would not feel the fresher.
1: Willpower. So there's the willpower yeah. again. Yeah. And yeah, the willpower is just gone because you've put so much effort in pushing yourself to continue doing this sport or this cycling or this running, whereas you could have easily done with the same effect physically and, and even mentally much better uh, another sport.
0: Yeah, and also and, and also for, 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 for runners, for example, there's so many people who just run, they run the whole year. Mm-hmm. And the best example i have is killian Jornett, who's you know arguably the best trail runner ever you know currently and ever basically the guy i listened to on a, on a different podcast on the ritual podcast and he was saying he doesn't actually run between november and march he lives in norway you know norway between november and march a, it's dark <laughs> pretty much the whole <laughs> whole day and there's snow everywhere so he and he doesn't run one single kilometer all he does is the the you know the ski touring where you just basically mm-hmm. walk kind of well or run for him up the mountain with the skis you yeah. put the the put um, underneath the 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 um, you put the skins underneath the the ski and he just does that and cross-country skiing i think he does as well he does some racing cross-country skiing and racing in and tour in ski touring so that keeps keeps his fitness obviously really high because you can as well go up the mountains so very high altitude which is great for his summer trails he keeps the altitude he's doing different muscles when he goes down he's skiing so there's not as much impact because obviously skiing there's well unless you're doing moguls, there's, there's just no impact so he's, he's, he's doing a completely different kind of training mm-hmm. for almost six months of the year and yet he's the best runner ever so that doesn't really justify to say we have to go running in December in the rain outside, you know. So um, cross training, I, th- I think, is a great way of keeping. Well, like you said, physically to to work different parts of your body, try something new, but just actually just have that different. Go through phases in your season, and and you f- you'll feel so much fresher coming yes. back into your your let's say number one sport
1: yeah and it's also i think for some a challenge to let go and to have confidence that it will come back and that you will come back even stronger so it's also again another mental challenge or to a challenge that will grow your mental side is to be able to say look i'm not running I'm not go- going to put that stress on my ligaments and on my on on, on, on my body. I'm, genu- I'm just gonna get get it and try to do another sport and see what happens, see yeah. what I discover about myself, and see how much it, I will gain uh, from it.
0: Yeah. So, so th- no, def- definitely, there's, there's really something to be learned about. Yourself learning new skills, learning new things in a new sport that you can translate and say, Well, okay, maybe you were you're you're doing marathons every year, and then you say, Well, now I want to get into trail running. Having maybe done another sport during the winter gives you the confidence like hey, I I can learn something new so I can become this. Or or you're a runner and you want to take up cycling. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I've done different things, so I can learn that again. You know, so de- definitely. I would, for sure, advise to also take a break in the winter, yes. for example, and just say, like you said, the ability to let go, take a rest week or something. But you know, I mentioned cross-country skiing, which is really tough, huh, yes. by the way. So it's not like you're you're like having an easy day. But it could be like snowshoeing. It's it's of course, you it doesn't have to be an activity which is super tough. It could be any activity that kind of raises your heart rate a little bit, something different and for sure come back the season where you need to go back on the road, you need to put your running shoes back again, you'll be feeling much better. And it's okay to start, not from scratch, but to start again. That's what pro athletes do. They periodize their training. They go, you know, you have your, your, your base training, your build, and then you have your race. And then you start again. You go through the motions again. They're not always at peak fitness the whole time, so it's important to yeah to 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 let go of that a little bit. So the the outdoors will enable you to to, to do that. Training different sports, but the indoor as well it could be swimming. It could be um, you know different different things. So um, but yeah. So so I think that what would you. What would be your your i mean for, for me my my takeaways for indoor versus outdoor the, the big the big thing for me number one is the safety aspects on for the bike let's say that's that's number one um and 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 probably the the fact that it's just so easy to do it inside no faffing about mm-hmm. um you know if you, if you need to, if you run out of food, you can just literally just hop off and go to your kitchen or something, you know, so, <laughs> that's also something easy. That That's for me the, the and, and definitely the psychological aspect, yes, I yeah. agree, but um, not to forget that out, outside we get, you know, the real experience, the real feel, and we should not forget that, we have to, to train that, but um, I'm a big fan of indoor training, so I hope, uh hope, um, Everyone out there will be maybe convinced to, to try it, by not necessarily treadmill, but I think for cyclists, for sure, a turbo trainer is, is, a good, uh, is a good investment.
1: Yes
0: All right? Good. So let us know, guys, if uh, are you a fan of indoor training, or not at all? I mean, I know some guys who just don't ride one single minute inside. They just do outside the whole year round. But for cycling, another point is you could do road training in the summer and then you move to gravel or mountain biking during the winter, you know. So there's different things like that. But for, for sure, I think for me, there is definitely some um, pros and cons for both. But, and I think a mixture of, of them is, uh, is, a, is a good idea. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, What's your plan? Uh, so my plan tomorrow. Actually, it's holiday now, so uh, we're doing a bit uh, free ride, two weeks. Uh, so I'm still working. Uh, today I worked with a few uh, clients. Yesterday as well. And tomorrow I'll go for a swim. Hmm. Really looking forward to that. Actually, why, why I just started. To swim again.
0: I saw you went a bit fast the other day.
1: Uh, I I I tried to go a bit faster, (laughs) but I should work on my technique. So maybe you can work, you can help me with that. (laughs) Uh, And then next week also a little bit free ride, so a bit of uh, working with clients, a bit free, Um, and uh, yeah, that's it actually.
0: Any other activities that you're?
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually um, starting uh, to really get into my yoga again. It's something I, I do a lot in winter, I follow hot yoga classes and it's fantastic. So it really gives you... Where do you do that? In New Okay. yoga moves, they're really, really good, yeah, I love it. How, um, does, it, how,
0: does, it, how does it work with hot yoga? Do they have like heaters so, or something?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, they do, they do uh, heat the room and... Um, and we
0: like with humid, is like humid it's hot? It's humid, or is it
1: humid and, and hot, hot, warm.
0: Okay, so, so they put like these steamers type of thing?
1: Yeah, they put one steamer, depending on the, on, the, on the weather outside, yeah. but the, the room is uh, being uh, heated with an uh, air conditioning. Uh, How hot
0: is it? Like 50 degrees well, or 45 normally,
1: degrees? Or... Normally, in official hot yoga, I think you are supposed to have a room that is like 38 or 40 degrees. Ah, okay. It's okay, but this is a little bit less. So okay. it's not official hot, hot yoga, it's warm yoga. It still, it's pretty warm, depends on where you are in the room. And um, it's one and a half hours, so it's pretty intense. And um, I, but I love it, so it gives me really you
0: sweat a lot,
1: yeah. You sweat a just by like
0: staying in there, you yes. sweat a lot, yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's fantastic. So I would definitely recommend people that uh, to do in winter, yeah. to keep your strength but get a bit uh, more uh, flexibility or, yeah. yes, flexibility. Uh, to get over injuries to give your uh, body rest to be able to connect better with your body to communicate better with your body it has a lot of advantages i'm really a big big fan
0: i used to do like a strength pilates class a while ago and i really enjoyed that i never had a yoga class i was stiff as a rod like not so long ago so i i did definitely improved my flexibility while stretching a lot um and definitely something i, w- I would definitely recommend for sure Um, But yoga is something I never tried, so maybe I'll I'll join one of those classes. It's pretty muscular,
1: but it's not as muscular as the Pilates. So it has has more rest, it's more on flexibility, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, as the teacher always said, it's not a workout, it's a work-in. So Mm -hmm. it's really trying to connect with the body, with the breathing, which then I really benefit from also when I'm running, when I'm cycling, when I'm swimming. So it all, all connects. However, it's not a quick fix. It's not a baguette no. magique. so you really have to invest time to start to, to get this click mentally, It's like physically. everything
0: else. Yes. Just uh, yes. if you go True. to one class, no, no, OK, nothing. you get benefit, yeah. but if you go five, six, seven, eight weeks in yes. a row, then yes. you'll feel then you'll sure. feel
1: really yeah. different.
0: Yeah. yeah All right good stuff. Um, um, Well, I was this morning, I was with my um, physio slash strength coach extraordinaire, Petri, and so we had a a strength session, and I've I've lifted the heaviest weights ever, so I was pretty proud of that. Wow. So it was good. So uh, he definitely put me through a lot of pain this morning. Um, It's also holidays, so my wife's got me all sorts of uh, house stuff. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, dissembling wardrobes, reassembling others, and then uh, it's just house stuff. So that's uh, really interesting. So can't do as much sport because obviously then she she's at home, so she she can see me if I do something or not. Um, I have also next week a kids camp. So I run these these kids camp through the, the holidays. I'll have 20 kids, age six to ten next week um, that I have to take care of. so I'm uh, praying for better weather. otherwise it's just gonna be horrible. Uh, well, it's gonna be good fun, but we you know obviously the whole point of these camps is to be outside, cycle outside, do outdoor activities. but if you're you know 10 hours a day inside with uh, 20 kids which you know <laughs> are full of energy, that's uh, yeah, that's a bit of a challenge. And uh, what else? Um, I we just started a Swift. We talked about Swift before. Swift racing league. So I've got a team. My my Jura Sports team is competing there. And I must say this is uh, pretty brutal. So we had a bit of our first um, uh, <laughs> first competition on Tuesday. So it's going to be every Tuesday for the next uh, ten weeks. And um, we there was myself, Alec, and Julian racing on 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 the. Um, on Tuesday, and that was really, really, really tough. So, yeah, it's good fun uh, to push ourselves, um, but um, that's something uh, like we talked about before on suffering—that we're going to have to basically suffer once a week uh, doing all these things. But it's good fun. Yeah, It's, uh, it's a first time Swift does a league, so I just thought, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. We, you know, we go—if we're last, it, it really doesn't matter. The point is to participate and have fun and. So after, after the uh, ride with a beer with Alec and we had Julian on the phone. So you see, it's it's more about participating, pushing ourselves than really competing against because the level out there is just ridiculous. So um, yeah, it's just, just about having fun. So yeah, that's about it. I think, uh, yeah, also did a lot of gardening. That was my big, big, big achievement of this week. So that was kind of my workouts, to be honest. Um, gardening. That's it. All right, so thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed listening to this uh, podcast. And uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Send us an email, little message, thumbs up. See you later. Thank you. Bye.